0: little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So the other night, the Lord really gave me this, this book he wants me to write now, and he's actually outlining it and giving it to me and giving me the scriptures. And it's basically, I'm not positive the exact name. But the name that I'm looking at is, when God says no, can we always raise the dead? So it's really, can we always raise the dead? What about when God says no? And what he has me doing is studying every single scripture from the old covenant, where Elijah raised the dead, Elisha raised the dead, Jesus raising the dead, and then the early church raising the dead. Every single thing that has to do with raising the dead. Amen? And let me tell you and i'm not going to be able to preach today it's going to take too long but you need to recognize that the most important resurrection from the dead that will ever happen to you is when you accepted jesus christ as lord and you crucify your flesh and you no longer live but christ lives in you you have been raised from the dead he speaks about that in the book of hebrews and other places as the most powerful resurrection any of us will ever experience, and only Christians have it, and we need to get our focus on God's focus. The second main thing everybody really needs to understand, we do not, the American church does not think like the biblical gospel. We really don't. I mean, and we're going to learn to because we are going through the time of the shaking, amen, and it's never going to be the same But if you enter into the kingdom and learn the ways of God and enjoy doing what you were placed on this earth to do once you found him, you will have more fun and more excitement and be able to count your whole life joy from now until you see him face to face. Amen? He's not going to allow an end-time bride to come forth out of a Babylon worldly church. Amen. We have to leave Babylon. Amen? So you're going to see more of the things we've seen in the last year. Christians have died left and right in the last year. It's amazing how this attack is so triggered towards Christians. Now, some people say it's because they didn't take the you-know-what. And that's pretty bad. I've got to take a series. The you-know-what has to do with you-know-what, all right? (laughs) Because a lot of Christians made a big, horrible deal about that. I'm not going to get into all that, but some have, some because they, they, They bought into fear instead of faith. And some have died because they, God may have been using that to divinely protect them if they didn't have the faith to walk in faith. Amen? Amen? It's not for us to see. And you can go look, look up Mr. Campbell, Dr. Campbell on YouTube. He is a complete researcher. He is unpolitical and he only uses real data. Now, I don't trust all the data he gets from our country, amen, because we have a lot of corruption going on. But the bottom line is he will really tell you the facts. They just found out, just to put it out there, gosh, this is going I got to talk in code if I don't get kicked off before I even start this teaching. They have put out a medicated procedure through people who have not been well-trained because of the mass amount they want to put out. Our nation has been doing some things wrong, according to Dr. Campbell and other doctors in other nations, which is causing young people to have heart attacks and heart problems um, if they become very active after having the, you know what I'm talking about, medical procedure. And it has to do, this new research says it actually has to do with how they're doing it. And they're asking everybody to write your politicians and ask them to please come up with a safer procedure. Amen? And this is documented stuff, okay? Christians quit being so ridiculous about everything. Amen? I'm not saying to take it. I choose not to take it. I choose to walk in faith. I choose to pray. I choose to believe God was gonna turn are state-rids, so I didn't have to take it. Amen? But you need to do whatever you do in faith. Whatever you do, you do it in faith, anyway. So let's get to today's teaching on this. The, The reason I brought that up, why is this a time for God to have me come forth with some really powerful revelation about the struggling and the hardship? and the suffering that we in America as well as other nations have been going through are going to go through because it's time to get rid of it to preaching and prepare people and train and equip a people to overcome whatever comes at us amen and so before I start this for anyone is there anyone here who has never read my book joy comes in the morning let me see the, okay so there's some who haven't read my book most of you guys have um so just for those and those who are going to be listening on the radio and listen to other countries, I've seen about everything, okay? I've seen the dead raised. I've seen uh, instant miracles for my own son. I saw, and then I buried my daughter and didn't get, wasn't able to get her to raise from the dead, which we're going to talk about today. And then after that whole testimony my book, Joy Comes in the Morning, I've, um, I've been in the room with, I was with someone who was a friend in ministry, and I was there when they passed away. I saw a vision of it, came in the next morning, was almost arrested. There were policemen outside our door as me and Karen felt, was asked by the family and felt led by Holy Spirit to be there, and not knowing when we got there um, that this friend was going to have a notice on the door that she had deceased and no one could go in. So I, I wasn't a pastor at the time. But I said I was her pastor, and they let me in, but they called the police. And I'm not going to tell that story today. But somewhere in these Sunday mornings while I'm doing this topic, which is going to be in my, the book that I'm writing, um, he's, he's, I didn't realize how many times I've been involved with um, raising the dead or attempting to raise the dead. And I would probably say most of you have never literally been in the room with a person who was dead. And tried to raise them to life and so number one get out of pretended faith thinking you can just do it because the bible says so i want to say number two if you don't have faith to heal somebody when they're sick what makes you think you're going to have the faith to raise them from the dead which takes more faith amen and so we need to get rid of the lie. Well, they're just going to have to go to where they're no longer here. And then God, <laughs> you, better, you better walk away from that lie. Amen. You better cry out to God. Why can't I see the healing that's been promised? And, and a lot of that is in my book, Joy Comes in the Morning. And I will be doing a teaching and a book somewhere in this all about healing. But I really felt um, that God told me to write this one first. How many things would be kind of interesting? to see everything the word says, everything old covenant, Jesus walked in and the new covenant says, and, um, and to get a church prepared to do what Holy Spirit says. So when I was praying last night, the Lord woke me up somewhere in the night and told me to read, I think it's chapter four. And he told me this is, my book's going to start with chapter four, not that it'll be written exactly like this, but since I had an editor and all that kind of thing um, for this book, I'm going to just read this. And then from there, I'm going to tell you what the Lord taught me about this specific situation. And each Sunday morning when he leads me to work on this series here, I'll tell you about the other situations, okay? Amen? Because I'm not putting these in the order that they happened either. I'm doing it as the order Holy Spirit wants to get this across. Okay, chapter 4. Before I could even rebuke the evil presence or lift up a prayer, I heard a loud cracking sound that was... That was followed immediately by a horrendous crashing noise next to my chair. As I jumped from my chair, I'm in a beach chair in my backyard with my children had just got a wading pool. I could see the boys in front of me, so I knew they were all right because you haven't read the first of the book. My boy, they were two, Michael was two, Mitchell was five, and Lauren was seven at this time jumped from my chair I could see the boys in front of me so I knew they were all right and since Lauren didn't cry out I was fairly certain that she was okay but just as I started to turn to look at her the Holy Spirit said to me I have begun your ministry somehow I knew he wouldn't be telling me that if, if she wasn't hurt Lauren had been lying on her stomach with her head propped up in her hands so she could watch her brothers now her face was buried in her towel her beach towel and there was a huge tree limb next to her and a gaping womb in her head where the limb had struck her A large section of her skull lay next to her, and blood was pouring out of the wound. I instantly covered her with as much of her towel as I could while I yelled, Help, help, someone call 911. Almost unbelievably, in the midst of this surrealistic nightmare, my heart was filled with peace. It was a peace so strong that I wasn't afraid for my daughter's life. I knew somehow that God God was with me, and I believed that if it was necessary, he would raise Lauren from the dead. He had resurrected my sister's baby just three years before in the midst of what I was seeing and doing. I truly believed that the supernatural peace I was experiencing meant that God was going to give me a great miracle. Now, I know Donna will never talk here on a Sunday morning, but I encourage you because either one Tuesday night or one Friday night, I'm going to get her to share what happened when God brought life back into Drew in her arms. So everybody be in prayer that she'll speak because she's like, she's always behind the scene. Amen. But I want her to share from her own words what faith God gave her that night. Amen. In response to my yell, Mitchell ran inside. This my yell. He was five, he was uh, five at the time, ran inside the house and dialed 911. Then he came back out screaming and crying while holding the telephone. It seemed the 911 dispatcher couldn't understand him, but she kept him on the line until someone else called. Then she switched to the other call. The one call came from our neighbor's son Chris, who had heard my cry for help and dialed 911. He was now standing outside his house holding a cordless phone while he talked to the dispatcher. His father ran over to help me. I could tell by his face that he knew Lauren was dead. His past experience as a state trooper had exposed him to many tragedies. He stood next to, Lauren, next to Lauren's body while I ran into the house. Mitchell was crying almost hysterically and, under, and not understanding what had happened to his sister and thinking that he had done something wrong that caused the 91 dispatcher to hang up. I told him he had done just the right thing and said, Mitchell, pray, baby, pray, and Jesus will take care of Lauren. He immediately calmed down as he started praying. My first thought was to call someone who would agree with me for a miracle. I knew that I needed someone who could believe for my daughter's life. All right, I'm just going to give you a teaching right now. The Bible says if any two of you can agree on anything on the earth as touching, it'll be done for you by your Father in heaven. This means somebody who really agrees. It means somebody who's walked through it more than likely, somebody who's hearing God at that time, and somebody who has absolutely no doubt or question that this is going to happen. Amen? It's not putting a a post on Facebook and everybody saying I agree. Amen? Now, I many times on social media media will say I agree with somebody's faith because I know where my faith is at. Amen? I, I really know where my faith is at. And so I know according to what they're saying, that I have the faith to believe. If I don't, I don't agree. Amen? Or I'll say, I agree with, many times you'll put a prayer request, but you don't have the faith for that. Amen? I'll just give you another thing to know. Whoever you bring into your prayer life, you just gave them authority. So if you go on social media and you put out a prayer request and somebody who's a witchcraft or somebody who's in a denomination that doesn't believe in healing and they begin to talk against what you're believing, you actually relieved you release demonic forces to get involved. Amen? It's the same when you call prayer line and you don't know who they're talking to. I, am I telling you not to get people, I'm telling you to use some wisdom, minimum, and mean it, hear Holy Spirit that he says to do it. Second of all, then then take authority and say, I only want prayers of people led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cause then it, if you mean that and you're led by God, let me say, you can't manipulate God. So you can't say, well, I don't think God wants me to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway, but I'm going to use this formula. Can I tell you formulas are legalism that bring death? Amen. That's why it's very difficult for me to write these books, because none of these books can I tell you how to do any of this. Amen. What I've learned is, is God will take, there's so many different outcomes to every single thing, but he will cause you to overcome. Amen. And when you can count it joy and not until you can count it joy, you haven't won. Counting it joy only comes not because you got the miracle. Counting it joy comes because you get encounters with the real God and you begin to know a real God and understand a real God and begin to hang out with the real God. And we were created to find and know God. Amen. So so you have to know from the get go. When I see people say, "Well, I need this person, that's called Idolatry. God never raises somebody from the dead because you need them. Because he knows he's more than sufficient. His grace is sufficient for anything you walk through. Amen? I have people say, well, God must know you could handle it. No, God knew where I'm weak, he's strong. If anybody thinks they could handle this, I pray to God you never find out you were wrong. Amen? But at the same time, nothing's impossible with God. His grace is sufficient for everything. Guess what that means? We can all handle anything that comes. If we hang on to God, all right. I knew that I needed someone who could believe for my daughter's life. My sister came. Donna came to mind. The Lord had miraculously healed her infant son, Andrew. I dialed her mother-in-law's number in Maryland, where she was spending the weekend. Someone answered and told me that Donna was at the mall. I didn't tell them about Lauren because I only wanted to talk with my sister. I needed to pray with someone who understood the spiritual law of agreement. Can we all become those people? Can we become those people? That when somebody calls us to pray, it doesn't become gossip. If someone calls us to pray and we say we're going to pray, we're going to pray. That we actually get in the word and find scriptures to pray and to release and to believe God. Can we be a church that's going to mature for real and quit playing cutesy games? Amen. And move into the deeper things of God. The truth is, she was the only one I knew I could talk to at that time. I hadn't even met Karen yet, or Nicole. There, and I'm not going to be this part. There was one other lady, but to be honest, I thought the woman could have handled that kind of prayer, but I know she can't now. I knew more about her life afterwards. But she was someone God had mentored me. So she's in the book. She's no longer, she ended up going to be with the Lord. I think she died of cancer. But, but the bottom line is, I knew, now think about this. I want you to think about this. Here I am in my house with my daughter dead out in the yard. And my first thought is, who can I get to pray with me in agreement? That should tell you a little bit about my walk with God 30 years ago. So I put, I came up with this other person. But even before I dialed her number, I knew she wouldn't answer. The Holy Spirit was placing the assurance in my heart that he was in complete control of the situation, but for some unknown reason, he wasn't going to permit the prayer of agreement to take place. In Matthew 18, 19, Jesus states, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. But though I didn't know why, I knew the Holy Spirit wasn't going to allow me to join my faith with someone who could believe with me. I'll be honest right now, I'm not sure if anyone could have believed with me. I'm not sure I could have believed. But at that time, and what I knew at that time, while her body was out in the yard, I knew his spiritual law of the agreement prayer. And my prayer is that in this season of so many not being raised from the dead, but people tried, and thank God they tried, Right? and so many dying of sickness, and going to the hospitals, and not being healed, and God not seeming to listen, amen, that we would grow up. Because what happened to me, in these things I went through, is I grew up, and I haven't quit. And that's the season we're in. And if we don't grow in this season, and we just hang on to pretended faith, and hang on to Pharisee spiritual laws, and we can do this, and the gods, and quit judging each other, then when the next labor pain comes, If we make it to that and that's what god calls the season we're in it's like a woman in labor he says i think that's matthew 24 i've preached that before but that's where we're at okay we're not in the end of the end times we're in the day when god is going to shake everything he can shake which is also one of the scriptures he gave me during all this all right i then called my husband at the flying club a friend of his answered and said john was still in the air as calmly as I could, I told him to radio John and, get, and have him come home at once. If my husband was still flying, I didn't want him to panic. At the same time, I didn't want him to take his time coming home. I made certain that John's friend understood that there was an urgent situation. He did, and John was immediately instructed to get home. After hanging up the receiver, I hurried back to my daughter's side. I realized I had not taken her pulse, and I started to remove the towel from her. From Lauren and turn her body over to check the pulse at her neck. But a strong pressure held my hands down. The Holy Spirit stopped me from looking at Lauren's face, which had been disfigured by the force of the limbs' impact. In my heart, he whispered for me to leave her covered and not look. This was now just a broken clay vessel. It was not my Lauren. The message saturated my spirit. Lauren wasn't here anymore. But I was still believing for the Lord to bring her spirit and soul back into this vessel. I lifted her as she lay face down and and held her bloody and lifeless body in my arms. I, I kinda think the editor put that in, to be honest. I, I, I put my I, I just remember sitting there. I, I didn't hug her or I covered her face. I did put my hands on her, but I did, he kind of made it sound like I picked her up and hugged her and I didn't realize that till I read this last night. I thought, wait a minute, I didn't do that. But but basically I stayed there, amen. And and I was just praying for her. I understood the reason that the Lord had been teaching me to place my emotions under the control of my spirit. If I had responded with my emotions, I would have lost all ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. Hysterics would have overwhelmed me if I hadn't learned to trust the Lord. I praise the Lord that his presence was so real. The Holy Spirit supernaturally turned what should have been the worst experience of my life into a time of indescribable peace. It truly, it truly was the peace which surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4, 7. About that time, Chris He was a neighbor kid, ran over, and asked if I needed anything. I suddenly realized that I was still in my bathing suit, and I didn't want to face a yard full of strangers that way, so I asked Chris to run upstairs and bring me a T-shirt. As I was putting it on, I heard the sirens of the rescue vehicles as they came up our street. Waving my arms frantically, I ran to the street to make certain they didn't pass by my house. As they hurried out of their vehicles, I shouted to them to have a helicopter waiting. I knew that the seriousness of my daughter's injury, injury could not be treated at our small hospital. Once the rescue worker saw my daughter's lifeless body. However, they didn't attempt to move her. One look and they knew they couldn't help her. Lauren was not in my yard. Lauren was in the arms of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.1 The fire chief escorted me into my house and asked me about the accident. There was no logical explanation for the large tree limb breaking off or falling the way it did. Somehow on a perfectly still day, a 70-pound, 15-foot limb snapped off two inches from the trunk and landed on the opposite side of the tree from where it should have logically fallen. Besides that, the limb was still green inside. There was no sign of any dryness or deadness in it. It was as if some unknown force had torn the limb from the tree and hurled it like a spear directly towards my lawn. I said, you can see the newspaper article at the end of this. The rescue workers talked to me for a while and saw that I was in need of medical assistance. My mind and thoughts kept returning to the Lord. He had not instructed me as what to do. The others may have felt that the situation was hopeless, but I knew the power of God. I told the fireman that I needed to go to my closet. He looked concerned about my unusual request and asked the neighbor to keep an eye on me. I explained to him that I had to pray and my closet was a prayer closet. Many times the Lord had revealed his will to me in my prayer closet. I expected to hear from him this time. If my daughter was to be raised from the dead, how the Holy Spirit would need to empower me with faith. He did not. Did you get that? If you're ever blessed enough by God to raise the dead, you will need the Holy Spirit himself to empower you to do that. If you think you can do it without an empowerment directly from the Holy Spirit, then you're very critical and judgmental and hiding behind pretended faith, thinking nothing bad can happen to you. Amen? And when I write this, I'm telling you what was happening it within the hour or so that she went to be with the Lord, which shows you To be quite honest, how in tune I was to God and hanging out with God and crying out for God because we have people walking in hospital rooms who don't even begin to walk with God even to what I was 30 years ago expecting a miracle every time and demanding it. And we're not to judge them, we're to pray for them because they are in that valley. They're in that place of deciding if they're going to be bitter, if they're going to do this anymore, if they're going to care anymore. And I'll share when that happened to me, it wasn't with my daughter. It was uh, when I tried to raise a little boy from the dead. um, The book will tell exactly. Somewhere within that same year, I tried to raise this little boy from the dead. And when I walked there, I had all the questions. God had already answered them. So by this time, I didn't go through that extremely dark place that we need to be praying when you see these people who did not come off the respirators breathing when you see these people who did not make it through a storm you know and somebody's believing and praying and let's believe it's it takes a lot to believe to stand there in front of doctors and to say you're still believing amen we've got to quit criticizing each other and judging each other to try to protect ourselves and realize wow that was powerful that you did that you glorified god by doing that amen Many times the Lord had revealed his will to me in my prayer closet. I expected to hear from him this time. If my daughter was to be raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit would need to empower me with faith. He did not answer me. However, even though the peace of God was strong in my heart, how desperate I longed to hear that small voice of God. Despite the natural circumstances in my mind, the fate of Lauren had not yet been decided. I had yet to hear from heaven. I was eagerly awaiting the instructions of the Holy Spirit, but he didn't speak to me. Still wrapped in indescribable peace, I left my prayer closet. Downstairs, the fire chief was waiting to talk with me. He explained that Lauren would not be going to the hospital. Though he couldn't officially tell me that my daughter was dead, only a coroner could make that declaration, he informed me that his men couldn't do anything for her. At this point, I told him I went to go to Lauren to pray for her. He hesitated about letting me go. I believe it went against procedure. But I was determined to pray over my baby. God had to speak to me. I had to know what he wanted me to do. And I put the scripture, Psalms 33, 23 to 24. In no uncertain terms, I informed the fire chief that no one could prevent me from praying over my daughter, even though I knew he was only trying to keep me from experiencing what he considered would be additional trauma. After convincing him that the Lord was my strength, we walked out to the yard where Lauren's body lay covered by her beach towel. As we got close to her, I noticed an object beside the waiting pool about three feet from her body. It was her completely intact brain. The shock of seeing that and suddenly realizing the hopelessness of our situation made me cry out to God. I did not have the faith. Okay, can we all grow up? It's okay to not have the faith. It's okay to not have the faith. Everybody say, It's okay to not have the faith. As long as I have the faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, I've won. I've won. Faith is never supposed to be some game where we see who has the most and who doesn't have this. Somebody can raise the dead with almost no faith if God gives them his faith. Amen? It doesn't mean you don't try. I actually have to seriously say yay to everyone in such a horrible place who would believe God's word enough to try. Because what if? God decided, yes. What if he decided, we've, we've made this such a game to feel shame if we try something and it doesn't work. How about let's just try it because we are believers and we can, amen? We're believers, we can try, we can believe. He knows faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. The word hope there means earnestly expect it. Can you get ahead? Mm. If you walk into a room and there's no oxygen in that room, but you think there's oxygen in that room, you're still going to die because there's no oxygen in that room. Right? So you can think you have faith, but you can't see faith. And if you don't have the faith, it's not going to work, no matter how much your brain wants to hope it's there. Can I get an amen? So for us to judge each other on how much faith is needed, it's not about how much faith is needed. It's about how great is the thing attacking us and how much are we going to have to grab onto God and know God to break through. But I will say this, we don't have enough faith in the body of Christ in America. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons it's covering doctrine, everybody runs to somebody else to help them for something. We, we bought this thinking that if we get enough people praying, it's got to happen. I don't even see that in the scriptures, it's as if any two of you. And th- we've always been like this, so it's okay. In the book of Acts, you see where they're praying for... Um, Peter to get out of jail and they're having a house prayer meeting and they're really praying and he co- shows up and they think it's a ghost. They don't think the prayers could really work. Amen. We can't say, oh, what great faith because they don't believe it's really him. Amen. So, so we never have to know all the pieces of what has to come together for God to give a miracle. Amen. Peter had a part in him getting out. Amen? Those people praying had a part in him getting out. See, God has made a way of escape for every attack of the enemy. But we have to be led of the Holy Spirit to find that way of escape. Amen? Not formulas, not somebody else's way. They did it. But when you read, if somebody reads my book, first of all, my book has everything. It has Die, didn't die. Raised from the dead, didn't raise from the dead. Sick, you know, so you're going to have a hard time reading this and making anybody happy. Because the people who want to think, no matter what, nothing bad could happen, dang, something bad happened. And the people think, well, it's just all God's will. She says it's not God's will. Amen? Is everybody okay with this? Even though I'm just reading? It's easier to read something like this than say it over. Well, when I'm anointed to read it. All right, the shock of seeing that and suddenly realizing the hopelessness of her situation made me cry out to God. I did not have the faith to put her brain back into her skull and to believe God to heal it. God would have to give me a mighty supernatural gift of faith to believe for such an awesome miracle. I knew that with God nothing is impossible, but still. Lauren was lying face down, and as I gently placed my hands on her little back, my prayer language poured from my lips. Human words would, not, would have failed me during such an intense moment. I had to have the perfect will of the Father. Even as I prayed with my spirit, with my mind, I pleaded with the Holy Spirit to return life to my daughter's body. I felt that if the... And I'm not saying this is true. I'm just telling you what I was thinking at the time. Amen. I felt. So if you're a medical person, I don't care. Don't talk to me. I felt that if they found a heartbeat, even if only the brainstem remained intact, the rescue workers would have to take Lauren to a hospital. No matter how long it would take, no matter how impossible it seemed, I would stand for my daughter's hosp- from my I would stand by my daughter's hospital bed and believe God for a miracle. God, I reason, is able to do anything. I pleaded with him, Lord, I am in covenant with you. Every night I prayed the blood of Jesus over this child. You must put a heartbeat back in her limp body. Instantly, the Lord revealed to me, my heart, revealed to me, revealed to my heart that I was asking him to hook my daughter up to life support for a very long time. As if in a daydream I saw Lauren's lifeless body connected to a multitude of machines. During this inner vision I saw my husband growing old and bitter, my boys were not even in the vision, and it was as if I would lose them if I insisted God do this my way. I could see myself spending the rest of my life pleading with God to increase my faith to a level where I could believe for the creation of a new brain for Lauren. Just as the inner voice ended, just as the inner vision ended, the voice I had desperately longed to hear spoke gently to my heart. Daughter, give Lauren to me. Very simply, very quietly, my wonderful Jesus asked me to trust Him. During the previous seven years, I had learned to trust the small, still voice. In all things, I had learned to obey Him. The Holy Spirit had taken me to a deeper walk with the Lord. He had taught me the power of confessing with my mouth what I believed. As Paul wrote, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 I believe, therefore, therefore, that if I verbally told God that Lauren could stay with him, then God would not raise her from the dead no matter how much I wanted her back. Weighing the choice that I felt was before me, I knew I I had to obey the Lord and trust him. Still, I cried as I said the words, Lord, take her. She belongs with you. And I will say this for anyone who's going to be hearing this or anyone who's going to be reading this book or my next book. There is something that happens in the spirit. When it's over and you know it's over, for you to say, Lord, into your hands, I give this person. And God gave me the scriptures about Jesus on the cross. He says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. See, everything's not about changing the situation. Much of it is about us coming in agreement with God and his faithfulness and his bigness. So Satan loses the power to come in and torment us. He tries, though. And he loses the power. Do you see what I'm saying? So even knowing God's ways and his spiritual laws and walking in obedience, amen, causes doors to close to the enemy in the process of grieving and to the process of of everything else. And so I'm telling you this, as believers, we should walk in this place with God. We need to get to such a place in God that we obey him and we hear him. And I'll just be honest, you guys have better start obeying. When you go to church services and nobody ever has a word from the Lord, nobody ever feels like they're supposed to dance. People don't feel like they're supposed to give their different things. And, and we're supposed to believe that this entire big church in the United States of America that the Lord has in other nations, that God's not doing hardly anything? We have not learned to obey. We've learned to do what we want and think it out and try to figure out what people are going to think. And God is going to shake that out of his church. Amen? Yay, wait till you see how he shakes. <laughs> just as the intervision ended, the voice I just belonged really to hear spoke gently. Daughter, give Lauren to me. Very simply, very quietly, my wonderful Jesus asked me to trust him. Okay, Um, Lord, take her, she belongs to you. No sooner had the words left my mouth than the supernatural presence of God overwhelmed me. I felt as if I were literally inside God, observing this event from heaven's perspective. The scripture about abiding in Christ instantly took on deeper meaning. The Holy Spirit completely took over my actions. In my heart, I knew that God was beginning a new work in me. I'm not going to read the rest, but it's really good. (laughs) That, the victory came for me because I obeyed him. I went against legalism of the faith movement, amen. And when I obeyed him, my brain could not figure it out. I could not control this. I didn't want to live one single day without Lauren on this planet. I didn't want I, I, I couldn't even let myself imagine how is this ever going to be okay. I just had to trust him. I just had to trust him. So we need to pray now for people who walk through this valley. They're walking through it all over the church. They need to give, release that to the Lord. And they need to recognize that they didn't have faith or they weren't the person who had the authority I'm not getting into a whole teaching on authority, but there's only certain people you have authority for as if they were your own body. Amen? A wife and husband do have authority over each other's um, bodies, over their lives. Isn't that awesome? Parents have authority over their children for a certain amount of time. You can see in Job, That once they were supposed to quit, you can't, if your kids are going to sin, if your kids are going to do dangerous things, if they're going to serve Satan, you better deal more with having authority on how to see them saved than constantly trying to have them protected from what the enemy has a legal right to do. Amen? And we've got to all grow up in this, and we've got to spend real time in prayer, real time in fasting, real, real time in the Word, and hanging out with the Lord and, of course, worship. Amen? That's the days we're living. We sh- we've always been living in those days, but now God is allowing the shaking throughout the entire world. It's like, well, b- people say, well, bad things have happened before. How do you know this is different? This is the first time outside of Noah where the entire world has been hit with a gigantic shaking like this. Thank God it, it's not worse then it could, it's not as bad as it could have been. Amen? The church isn't ready for something that's going to come and wipe out a truckload of the population. Does everybody woke up to that? Like, Lord, help us prepare. Help us to know how to pray. Help us see what you want us to see. Let's read Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews 11. Yay, she overcame. Yay, Lawrence, cheer me on from the cloud of witness. Amen? Yay, we've seen the dead raised since then. Amen? Satan didn't stop me. Amen? There's an orphanage in her name, a children's home, in India, because of God's faithfulness. And Josie's family runs that. Or they're the ones who started that. Their dads had it. And they read my book, and they chose to be honor my daughter by naming the home after her. I didn't have any idea. They paint it. They painted the cover of the book on their wall with a real artist. I mean, how cool is God? How great is God's divine connections? In the edition that's on Kindle, it actually has, that's the ending of the book. At the time I wrote this, the greatest victory at that time was I'd gone to Russia, was able to share in orphanages and things about my daughter and children got saved throughout. I started seeing people get saved. Isn't it amazing that... People get saved when you overcome something like a death that should have never happened. God never needs our children. He would be a pitiful God if he needed anybody. They don't turn into angels. I don't care how cute the kid was who thought he went to heaven and everybody had angel wings. We are created different than angels. We're not, Angels are not created in the image of God. We are amen um heaven is real and there's a cloud of witness and for those who've lost anyone who's gone before you to the lord not lost them but they went to the lord before you when you serve god they can cheer you on in the cloud of witness they don't watch you otherwise they're really not interested they don't, they're don't. they not like social media where they care what you ate for dinner and if you went to Bush Gardens or what movie you thought was good or if you thought the Super Bowl was good or wasn't good, they really don't care at all. The only thing that they are involved in is when you glorify the one that they now know face to face. When you preach, I, I always tell my, my sons, I said, you know, your sister sees me more than either one of you because I'm serving God more than I'm just being mom, more than I'm just going on vacation with the boys, amen, or my, you know what I'm saying? That kid's probably, she can almost clock in almost any time and cheer me on. I'm not bragging about me, I'm bragging about a God who can take us out of the valley of the shadow of death, cause us to overcome what was supposed to make us bitter. God didn't do it, You can see there's a picture in the back that she drew of a demon in a tree in the tree beside her house we weren't that strange of a family where our kids drew demons we didn't even draw angels god left all these things amen he told me when all this happened what i'm going to bring you through is going to be an end time message for the church it's been 30 years this year and lord said this is and then i looked up 30 years today it's when Jesus started his ministry. It's when, it's when Elijah was start, able to start his ministry. Now I know I'm not 30, but I died. I was older when I died, amen, to self. Because that's what happened. What really matters in these trials is that you become closer to God and less dependent upon you. Amen? Amen that you die to pretended faith and legalism and all these other things, and you just completely trust God and his kingdom. And, and all those who know me, does anybody feel sorry for me? You don't feel sorry for me because I have a great life, right? Because I love God. He, he did get me through. And it was some difficult years where I had to use every single thing of spiritual warfare I knew to use and not hide in counterfeit. Amen? We've got to get most of the church out of counterfeit, because they haven't understood his real grace. Okay, let's go to Hebrews 11. We'll just do we'll just do this one part. We'll do 12 next week. Can read now the literal. Now faith is the essence of things being hoped, the evidence of things not having been seen. You continue to build up your hope, whatever situation you're in. I know some of you are in some pretty strong situations. You want to build up hope. Remember, hope is earnest expectation. Hmm, This is good. If you were here Friday night and we were praying for a certain thing that needed an extreme miracle, right? It was actually going to need the raising of the dead almost from someone. Um, And remember how the presence of God really came? He really came, didn't he? And for me, I kept seeing why he could do this and I kept seeing things that had happened and I was pleading with him like in the court of heaven about where this person had walked through and how this person had really humbled themselves and I really saw a heart that was open to to being able to use this kind of miracle to glorify God, right? I will be honest, I never really knew that I knew it was going to happen. You never heard me say that because he didn't give me that authority in this situation. He didn't give you that authority. Amen? There was no still way. What was he doing? Why? You're like, well, why did we spend an hour praying for that or whatever? Okay, because he was trying to build up hope. Earnest expectation, hope, had to be released around that situation. Remember, Jesus is on the throne ever interceding for God's perfect will. God's perfect will is that we, you know, that we live and not die and glorify him. Amen? If we're going to glorify him, he wants us to live. Let's say it that way. If we're going to glorify him, his perfect will is that we live. Amen? If we're not saved, his will is that we live so we can get saved. Amen? He, he, he's always thinking kingdom. He's always thinking the bigger picture. Okay? We've got to start seeing the bigger picture because we really have embraced a gospel that's not a pure gospel in the USA where they're all suffering and dying and God doesn't do anything, or it's all up to us and we're the sons and the daughters and what we say. And a lot of people believe in that right now are unfortunately going to funerals for people they were praying for. God, we are in a shaking season and God's not going to back up our false doctrine. Can I get an amen? amen? It's always been about God. It will always be about God. It's never about us. It's about him. It's about who he is and what he says. It's about how we walk through things and how we grow in him and how we get to know him. Does everybody get it? We live forever. I know I'm going to see Lauren again. I had a vision that's in the book and I saw her in heaven. But even if he hadn't done that, I know I get to see her again forever. Now, I'm just going to tell you from my personal, I don't want Lauren to stay seven. I don't want to get to heaven, an old person, and think I need to raise her are you kidding? Why on earth would I put her on hold so I could get there to raise her when she can be being raised in heaven with perfect, perfect love, perfect understanding, perfect everything. How selfish to be quite honest or immature that I want her on hold until I get there. See, I don't need that because I'm complete in Christ. And you can really tell where somebody's really at without judging them. But to see, I mean, I, I hear things people preach about heaven. Can I just tell you, I could care less if there's candy and cotton candy in heaven. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, what are you thinking? You, can, you go out in cotton candy land if you want. I'm going to hang out in the throne room if I can. And I want to know him and be close to him and get to know people. I don't care. I, I, if, my, if my dogs are there, fine. If they're not, I'm okay too. I'm just telling you, it's not, he's not trying to make what we like here, just get better there. It's a whole different kingdom that we're actually supposed to begin to understand here. Just threw that in to help people. But but if you're a child and you need to see heaven with cotton candy and your puppy dogs and horsies running and all that stuff and you get to go on amusement rides and go golfing or whatever is your thing, then thank God if he really has somebody who sees that because maybe he has a playground for you there. Maybe I'll come visit you once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, now faith is the essence of things being hoped for the evidence of things not being seen. It's just time to grow up. I'm just really being honest. For by this, the elders obtained witness. Let me just say this too. I'm not calling people false or not false. I am saying whatever you believe needs to line up with the word. And, and you need to see why are you looking to people to tell you what God's word can say. We need people ministers to confirm his word to help us to grow in his word to connect us to the reality of the kingdom of God and we need to pray even those who are true ministers you can become an itchy ear prophet or an itchy ear teacher especially in these last days because it's rough days and the Bible says don't listen to them we have not been prepared by everybody telling us that 2020 was going to be over by you know, two months later, we weren't really prepared. Let's be honest. We weren't prepared when we were told, oh, this has to happen. We weren't prepared when we said, oh, I'll be fixed on January 6th. We weren't prepared going into a year. Amen. So I'm not saying that people are false. I am saying we need to grow up. And why are we, the Bible says it's a wicked and perverted generation that looks for a sign. Well, that does declare our generation in the church, doesn't it? So what, what would I do if I realized I'm in the wicked and perverted generation? I would ask God to deal with my heart issues, amen? Anyhow, mm, I know I may, I, I can never preach without making at least almost everybody upset. Now, faith is the essence of things being hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Now, by faith, the elders obtained witness. By faith, we understand the ages to have been framed by the word of God. Okay, get this, true faith, okay, Trusting, believing in God based on a relationship with God. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing what God is saying to you through his word. Because you can have your little brain sounding like God and it's just itchy ear preaching that you were listening to or you gave yourself. Amen. It's in his word that something's confirmed. Amen. It's it by his word. He's so specific about it, especially in the book of Revelations. And you don't really know because the book of Revelation is put at the very end. That's where the scholars put it. I'm not saying it wasn't written last. I don't believe, but it's put in there. But it does say if you add a word to this, God's going to add all these things. I mean, it's a real curse that comes on you if you add to God's word. At least the book of Revelations, the way it's worded, you're not sure. It's not talking about the whole Bible. Amen. Amen. We need to really get free from the love of money and the selfish ambition that causes career ministry. Oh, gosh, I get this one. You know why we have career politicians who are corrupt? Because we have career ministers who are corrupt. Whoa. Well, let's be real. What is corruption? They're working for the love of money and power for their own egos. And some of them do a little of both. Some of them, that's all. They're so deceived, that's all they do, right? In politics, I'm talking about politics. But I'm talking about the church, aren't I? There's nothing happening on the planet or in anyone's nation that isn't a reflection of their church, of that nation. So if we really want to hear Some real, let's look at the real prophets in the real Bible and every one of them brings correction, rebuke, warnings, and they're always bringing it to God's people and sometimes to the leaders of nations once God's people respond. Amen. Okay. All right. Stay on topic. Stay on topic. The book's going to stay on topic. Okay. That's why I'm going to have to write a bunch of little books just so I can stay on topic. All right. Now listen to this. By faith, trusting in God, hearing God, knowing who he is, we understand the ages to have been framed by the Word of God, so that things seen should not come into being out of things that appear. Let me see how that's worded in a different. Let me see how this guy says it. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm, gave birth to all that is seen. So he's basically saying, faith lets you know that every single thing that happens in creation First happens in the spirit realm. Everything happens first in the spirit realm. Amen. Some people say, you're so prophetic. You see everything prophetic. Everything is prophetic. You know, everything is prophetic. And God wants us to be able to be people who see in the spirit realm. Amen. All right. He goes on. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instructions to us today, even though he is long dead. I don't like how I worded that one. Let me go back over here. By faith, Abel offered a great sacrifice to God than Cain, by which he obtained witness to be righteous, God testifying over his gifts, and through it, having died, yet he speaks. Which is basically saying, study what Cain, study Abel, Study how he lived, how he served God, how he put God first. And in that, it still speaks to us today. Amen. By faith, Enoch was translated so as not to see death. How cool is that? Amen. I'm kind of for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's kind of a rapture. But I'm, I mean, if I ever become a missing person and you really can't find me anywhere, I kind of like this Enoch thing, just so you know. By faith. Whoa. First, I got to get to the point where I can be here and in India tomorrow preaching and get back. Amen. <laughs> Let's get to that. Let's take baby steps in this. Amen. Oh, By faith, Enoch was translated so as not to see death and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had obtained witness to have been pleasing to God. Wow. How cool is that? Okay, just to put this out there, doesn't that tell you who's going to be the bride that makes the, the half of the church that Jesus prophesies that makes rapture and is at the wedding supper of the Lamb, which is before the return of Christ. You can go look it up your little selves in the book of Revelation. It's very clear when it happens. Ho! And they're going to have the heart of Enoch, and they're going to be those that were pleasing to God. But without faith, okay, everybody get this without the supernatural, or let me call it divine, without the divine substance that is produced in your life by having a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, you know, recognizing Jesus through Jesus. When I say God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Then there's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Together they're God. Amen. Faith comes by me having a relationship with the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. It starts with Jesus. I have to first accept Jesus, then then I have Holy Spirit who comes in and begins to direct all my steps and and teaches me and talks to me and I get to hear God. I get to hear Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I get to hear the Father. I get to go into to heaven and sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and rule and reign all in the and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so, there's so much to this, you guys. It's, people want to make, when people say simple, th- there's nothing simple about a kingdom put together by God. Amen? Amen? I mean, get over. That's just somebody who doesn't want to study to be approved. Oh, okay. Anyhow. I just made somebody else mad. All right. <laughs> but without faith. All right. So without a super, no, call it divine. Without a divine realm that's real in your life, Just like oxygen, you can't see, but you need it to breathe. Faith in the spirit realm is real. Ho! You guys can think it all you want, decree it all you want, declare it all you want, swear it all you want, dance around, do cartwheels. If faith isn't there, it's not there. Ho! I, on the day I tried to raise my daughter from the dead... Did not have the faith for that. I was humble enough to recognize I didn't have the faith for that. I was. Yielded enough to Holy Spirit to ask him to teach me his ways, which he's been doing ever since. And that happened the same day she died. Amen. I want to know him. I want to know the true gospel. I want to know the king of kings. I want to hang out with him. I want to hear him. I want to be yielded to Holy Spirit. And I want everything else in my life, which would be idolatry, to get in its proper place so it's not idolatry. Amen? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Remember what he just said about Enoch? What did he say about Enoch? God took him because he was pleasing to God. So I will tell you this. Unless you get serious about real faith and start spending time with God and hearing God and walking out in faith and obeying God in faith because faith, it comes by increase. You know the scripture, everybody likes to say, well, it only takes a mustard seed of faith. What is that, to move a mountain or something where that scripture is? Huh? To move a mountain. Okay, you know why? Because that mountain's going to be there a very long time. And it gives you a lot of time for that faith to grow to where you can see that mountain move. If you don't believe me, go find a mountain. Stand in front of it and see how long it takes for that mountain to move. People use that scripture incorrectly to make it sound like it doesn't take much to see miracles. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Oh, oh, she's crushing it. She's stepping on everybody's toes. We just got to grow up. Amen. Okay. Is everybody here born again? Right? Okay. We don't die. We live forever. Okay. So we got plenty of time. It's okay. We all win. Now, if you're, if you're in sin, I wouldn't play with it because there's enough scriptures to say you're going to hell if you're in sin and your name will be blotted out of the book of life. So I just want to say that. Get rid of wrong doctrine that makes you think it's okay to sin. He says anyone who's born again of him does not continue in sin. That's what he says. So I would check if I'm really born again if I'm in sin and I've been a Christian for a while. Can I get an amen? We have watered down the gospel so bad. That is going to be very sad to see people in hell who thought they were saved. How do you know if you're saved? You don't continue to sin. You definitely don't practice it. What are you, practicing to you get perfect? Amen. Okay, just got some more toes. <laughs> okay, all right. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For it is right that one drawing near to God should believe that. Now listen, listen what he says. Faith is. It is right that the one drawing near to God, that's us, should believe that He is, and that He becomes a rewarder to the one seeking Him out. Get that? Get that? What is that? An instant thing because you're saved, right? He says in His word, according to His word. First, He's telling us be about pleasing God. So do a study on that. What pleases God? Find out what pleases God. Amen. What pleases you? God, if I'm supposed to please you and then I get to be like Enoch and hang out with you, let's go there. He'll also show you in his word what doesn't please him. All right. I have to have faith to please him. Now, if I draw near to him, okay, there's a big thing right there, isn't it? I've got to want to draw near to him. I have got to want to take the time to have a relationship with God. He doesn't say he draws near to me. He already, did, he already made the way. It's up to me how close I get to him. Whoa. It's actually up to me how much faith I have. Because it's up to how close I get to him with a heart to please him. Amen? How many in this room say, you know what? They can keep their <laughs> seed of must, mustard seed of faith. I want as much faith as I can get. I want the faith of God. I want, to, I want the faith to raise the dead, amen. I want the faith to glorify God. I want the faith to heal the sick. I want the faith to do everything God tells me to do when he tells me to do it, amen. And I want the faith to love the brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I want the faith to love when I'm persecuted and hated for righteousness sake. It is right that the one drawing near to God should believe that he is, amen. You've got to believe he is who he is according to his word and not according to the book you just read that you liked a lot or the movie you watched or the interpretation. Who is he? And he says he's the same yesterday and tomorrow. He is the same God as the of the old covenant, just so you know. He wiped everything out in Noah's day. Don't act like he can't be upset about America being so filthy. Can I get an amen? All right. Oh, that one I already took. All right. Without faith is impossible to please God, for it is, it is right that the one drawing near to God should believe that he is and that he becomes, now listen to this, he becomes a rewarder to the one seeking him out. How many want some real rewards? Amen. I believe in this scripture. I believe in all the scriptures. I know I get greatly rewarded. That's why I'm going to be prospering, okay? Get over it if God keeps blessing me. I'm not going to feel guilty for being blessed, Amen. I'm not. Remember when I had so much stuff and I said, Oh God. And I was kind of trying to store it for myself. And he goes, would a house fire help? I'm like, Oh God, I repent. Forgive me. Okay. It could be gone fast. I get it. This my hope. Isn't in my stuff. Amen. God can speak with one word and totally destroy all your false mess. Amen. He's so good. All right. Being divinely warned by God, about the things not yet having been seen, moved with fear by faith, Noah prepared an ark for the salvation of his house, through which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness according to faith. I want you to see some of these things that has to do with faith. We are living in a season like the days of Noah that are coming. Amen? Jesus says when he returns, one of the prophetic signs will be like the days of Noah. The days of Noah was extreme perversion. It was extreme amount of homosexual activity going on. Even so much so that the men would, even when they were blinded by angelic power, they were trying to dig their way through the door to get into the angels, because they look like men, to rape them. It was so perverted that they threw, who was it, Lot, whoever was, Lot, Lot, I think, threw his daughter out there and said, take her, Lord. I mean, I don't know that I would pick the angels over my kid, but anyhow... It was perverted, 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 perverted times. I don't know that we're that perverted yet, but we are certainly getting close. Amen? That's kind of like child trafficking in a way. Take this one, but leave these... Now, I know he was trying to honor out of fear of the Lord this, but I'm just saying that's how bad it was. Being divinely warned by God about the things not yet having been seen, moved with fear, fear of the Lord by faith. What's that faith from? God told him to do this. God showed him how to do it, showed him he'd take care of everything, and Noah said yes to what God was showing him. Amen? Noah said yes to what God was showing him. We have to learn to step out and say yes to what God is showing us. If you're waiting for the money to come, that's not requiring faith. You step out when God tells you to do something, I always say, it's like this. When God tells me to do something and you want faith, or you know, it's got, when God tells me to do something, I go like this. Cause I step into what he's telling me and I know he's going to bring the money. Has anybody else seen that work here for all these years? We've never not paid a bill ever. When God told me to go and give some money to help an orphanage, I said, Lord, where, where do I get that kind of money? He said, well, just check your bank account for the minister. I checked it. He said, there, you got it. I said, okay. My sister, we don't even try to figure out where it comes from. All I know is this. If he says it, I say yes. Most of you keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Or some of you have selfish ambition. They jump ahead and you get whammed, okay? You just got to see what is God telling me to do and how am I going to step out and do it? Amen. 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 What are you waiting for? Amen. But do have faith, do mature, do get some healing, all that kind of thing. Amen? Yea, God. By faith, Noah prepared an ark for the salvation of the South, through which he condemned the world. All right. Hebrews 11, 8. Having been called out by faith, Abraham obeyed to go forth to a place which he was going to receive an inheritance. He went out without understanding where he went. And you got to look at the. If you really want to study faith, go look at every one of these stories in the Old Covenant. Amen. Abraham took his son Isaac, and because he knew he heard God, he wasn't a psychopath who thought he was hearing God. He knew he heard God. He knew he could trust God, and it even says in there, if God had to raise his son up, he would. He was not going. He knew his. He knew he, that that God would take care of it. And God brought the ram. <laughs> Haven't been caught out by faith. Abraham obeyed, go forth to a place. Now this is when Abraham actually left before Isaac and Abraham left money, wealth, everything. This is somebody really called to the mission field by God. Leave everything, don't figure it out, let's just go. He took all his family and all his a lot of stuff with him, but all right, Hebrews 11. By faith, he recited as a foreigner in a land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the joint heirs of the promise. For he looked forward to a city having the foundations of which the builder and maker is God. Right now, we need to see that. We need to be walking in faith that God's going to rebuild our nation. Everybody keeps talking about the big rebuild, right? Build better. Well, God's destroying about everything to bring us to a place where our foundations are built on his word, like originally, but better. And the one that we recognize is the one true God. By faith, Sarah herself received power for conceiving seed, even beyond the time of age and gave birth, since she deemed the one having promised to be faithful. Look, these are powerful scriptures to release and to say and to speak into your situations. Amen? The one who said it is faithful. The one who said, God is not a man that he can lie. And now these scriptures, mm, the reason to build our faith. Okay. mm, Your faith is not built when you renew your mind. Most of what people declare is from a renewed mind. There's no power in a renewed mind. Much of the faith movement is a renewed mind, but it tells us to renew our minds, right? Why? Because when I read the word and get my mind in agreement with the word, right? At the same time, I'm hearing God, walking with God, asking him to teach me his word, walking in the Holy Spirit. My spirit, I'm just going to be really honest with you guys. When God gives me, I love preaching because I don't think about this ahead of time. And when I spend time with God, and especially if I'm reading his word and he's choosing this as seed, I'm going to play something in her that's going to come out when she's preaching. Oh, I don't even know what I'm getting I'm just reading the word. The presence of God is all over me. I'm enjoying God. I'm enjoying his presence. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. I'm having this wonderful time in the presence of God. It's awesome. And the next thing I know I'm preaching for three or four hours when I actually walk in thinking, I don't even have a message today. Amen. Because it should go spirit, soul and out of my mouth. Amen the soul part is my mind. My heart is where my mind and the spirit connect. Ho! So if I love him with all my heart, I love him with a renewed mind that knows who he is according to his word, that knows how he does things, so knows what he does. My soul loves you, O Lord, but my spirit falls in love. Everything about faith is developed in your spirit. So when faith is developed in my spirit, because of walking with God, hearing God, hanging out with God, knowing God, having a relationship with God, what he paid for when he rend the veil, because they can renew their minds back in the old covenant people, amen. Without that, he calls it brings death. It's legalism, it's a Pharisee. We need to get that out of the church. But if it's all spiritual, and you're not have a renewed mind or you make up whatever you want. You can get way off track and take a lot of people with you. I'm not into that. I don't want to hear your spirituality Unless You could show me some scripture that I know you, you're you approved because you study the word, that I know that there's food in your life, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, like that, that you've dealt with your garbage issues. How? And you are who Christ says you are because the church is in a gigantic mess of delusion right now, just like our world. And I'm not knocking anybody. That's just what the devil does. It's time to get free. It's time to get real about who God is and who you are and what he's doing. And it's a freedom. It's for freedom he sets us free. All right. So Sarah gave birth because she she deemed the one having promised to be faithful. So you have to hear the promise. He gave it to you. You know he gave it to you. Okay. All right get this, get this. This is so big to help you get into faith, right? All right. Because we want to be people who raise the dead. Amen. We want to be people who heal the sick. We want to be people who get the promises God has for our life. It's in my spirit that faith develops. No deep relationship with God, hanging out with God, worshiping God, letting your spirit get full of God. No faith. Just hidden knowledge. Renewed mind. He never intended the new covenant to be the old covenant. Amen? In the new covenant, and he never intended us not to care about his word. Amen? Because there's too much wacky stuff everywhere of people making up mess. There's enough in the word we haven't. I preach this word, right? I preach it, preach hours and hours and hours. And I always preach it a little different each time because I just go deeper into the same word. Amen? I don't change it. I don't make anything up. I just go, God just constantly unveils it and goes, look at this. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. How awesome is he? You should love reading the word. If you stop and think, oh, I've already read this. Well, yeah, you read it with your mind, but you never took from your renewed mind, invited Holy Spirit in and had a spiritual encounter with the most powerful God as he revealed his word to you as the teacher. Can I get an Amen? All right. Because of this came into being from one man, they were born again and those and these of one having died, these seeds, even as the stars of the heaven in multitude and countless as sand by the seaside. And what he's talking about Abraham's promise that we are part of. Amen. These all died. Okay, now all the people we just mentioned all died by way of faith, not having received their promises. Okay. What do we mean by that? The main promise is Jesus Christ. Everyone in the old covenant died without receiving that promise. And also the promise, the most amazing, most powerful, greatest party revelation God ever poured out on planet earth was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We don't, we so do not because of people, you know, whatever reasons I'm going to get into that. Bottom line is we should be so excited to be alive when God has chosen to pour out his own Holy Spirit for the church age, amen, to come and live inside of us. The angels are going, What? What? They probably won't go up to people, excuse me. Not not. Holy Spirit. What are you doing in there? <laughs> the day of Pentecost, they'll be like, hey, all people going, Oh, they got a body, I got tons there, and the whole angels like. Holy Spirit, you're going to stay in there? You're going to hang out in them? You're going to do this? And, and, and Everything changed, you guys. Everything changed. Everything changed. Isn't that amazing? All the other people had to have faith based on what someone said or the scriptures are an encounter with God, which is why there's only a few people listed there, amen, called the father of faith, a prophet. They all had to be so... But now, in the new covenant, y'all get it? Get it. Here's the devil, okay? And he's having a hard enough time with just some prophets on the earth, a few kings and judges, a few people who know God, right? He still has. And then here comes kill that Jesus. We got to stop this. Too many people getting saved. Jesus had to be laughing. Even though it was painful on the cross, he knew he was going to go to hell and all the stuff he did. He had to be saying, if this seed dies, wait till you see what comes up. See, he had to die for real in our place so that he could send his Holy Spirit into us. Give us powerful faith. Completely change everything. And the whole church is about dead to that idea. We would rather try to work it up in our heads. How's that working? Amen. Amen. So we're in a shaking. I call it everything. We're in the awakening. Well, then it's the root awakening. Amen. We're in the root awakening that there is a Holy spirit who's been poured in you, and because of that, the kingdom is in you, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hmm. (laughs) All of these died in faith, having not received the promise, but seeing them from afar and being persuaded, and having embraced and confessed that they were um, aliens and and tenants on the earth. They never made this earth their home. They didn't do everything they could to keep everything okay on earth. Amen? Amen. I'll say this, when Lauren went to be with the Lord, I had this real serious experience of death to self, like right then, like I didn't care. Not in a poor me, sad me way, it wasn't like that. It was in a reality wake up that I don't, that I'm not from here. (laughs) That there really is a heaven. That I don't care about everything here anymore. I'm not making fun of anybody. Someone tried to raise somebody from the dead recently, and it didn't happen. And and they're being very vulnerable and very very real. It's really awesome to be able to pray for these people as God takes them through these valleys to these deeper places. But the person said, "I just don't know why they wouldn't want to come back." I'm thinking right there. If you don't know why somebody wouldn't come back, I'm just being honest. You don't get it. I'm not making fun of anybody. It's like, why on earth? Like Smith Wigglesworth, when he called his wife back and he really walked in that 30 power and she came back, she, she didn't slap him, but you could almost think of her slapping him. She goes, look, I'm going to stay with Jesus. Leave me alone. And she laid back down and died. I never thought, even the vision I had of seeing her on life support machines and all that, God's saying, you want this for her? Because if you keep... Telling me this is what you want, then I'm going to show you what you're going to get. Sad, hurt, husband, no joy. Your sons are going to walk away from God. They're going to walk away from everything. Everything's going to be focused. Now, let me say this if God gives you grace and somebody is on life support or whatever, somebody's, you know, a long time, keep praying. This was a situation where I'm trying to tell God to do something that he knew is not going to happen. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? This isn't to look at somebody who's got somebody on life support or on all kinds of machines to stay alive, but they're still alive. It's not for us to say, oh, don't do that. Amen? We also got forever, okay? So, so it does, if somebody's here, even if they're on life support or something for however long, it's just nothing compared to their life forever in Christ. Amen? See, I don't want anybody to take what I say and twist it. One way. What is God saying? Okay, what is God saying? I'm telling you what he told me. Amen? And I personally never believe we're supposed to kill people. I don't believe doctors should have a right to kill people. Now, I will say, if you want to take people off of life support, I think you have a right to do that. Amen? Because nowadays with modern technology, you could probably keep something pumping and something kind of breathing and something going, and there's no life. I, I don't even believe, when, when I get to it, when I tell you the one about the little boy who, who died, he wasn't even there, you guys. He had already left. He had already left the body. There was just machines working. So, so just because a machine is working... to. <laughs> Unless God tells you to keep somebody on the machines and you're really praying and you're really believing and seeing something happen, amen? But this isn't about hanging on. This is about letting go. And le- but let's say somebody lets go and the person's still breathing, then don't kill them, amen? God's given you a miracle. Keep believing. If you have to believe a long time, you're, you're, tr- you're going to change into his likeness. That's the whole idea. All right. Truly, if they remembered that from which they came out, they had time to return. Hebrews 11, 15. But now they stretch forth to a better that is a heavenly land. Therefore, God is not ashamed of them for him to be called their God, for he prepared a city for them. We're trying to get everybody's mindset changed. I know I'm going late. Oh, well. We're trying to get everybody's mindset changed. Amen. God is cool with us going to heaven. Like he kind of died for that. Amen. And he's cool with us continuing to live as long as we're glorifying him. Amen. By faith being tested, Abraham offered up Isaac, and he receiving the promise was offering up his only begotten, as to whom he said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. He reckoning that God was able to raise even from the dead, from where indeed he obtained him in a parable. So, in other words, this shows you very clearly that when Abraham was going to was gonna do whatever, was gonna sacrifice Isaac, he did it with a full believing that God's word, what God promised him, that the seed for the entire people would come forth from his son that came from his, he already went through all that, you know, that other stuff. Okay, you have to go read the story, but he went through a lot of trials to get to that place. So he knew God would not bring me this far and then stop what he's promised. So there's a determination in that. That God's promise, however he has to do it, he's going to do it. Okay, what's the key with that? Because people, so if God promises you, and you know it, and you hear God, he's going to do it no matter what. Like, this is another whole thing, but my my son's trial was so long, you guys. And God promised me he'd be made totally whole. Well, the doctor said the best I could ever hope for was to barely get by blood levels, and that would be miraculous, and that would be on a certain amount of meds, and blah, 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 blah. And I really believe I could have stopped at any point in the journey and just settled for what he was alive. But I knew what God promised me. So it's very key in all of this. What is God promising you? And get free from thinking it's about somebody else praying for you. That's part of the process. If God tells you to go up, that's part of the process. We've got to get free from the covering mentality where we think somebody else is going to do this for us. We've got to get into a place. We still don't forsake the fellowshipping together of the saints. There's a whole nother reason, a powerful reason to come together and everyone have a song, a spiritual song and gather and build each other up in our most holy faith. Amen. But he has this powerful, powerful thing of wanting a relationship with you. And that's where you get faith real faith. And you keep that faith grounded in his word and his love by studying his word. Amen. And you'll know, you'll know when somebody says something that's not in the Bible, like you'll just know it like, Whoa. it's like, Whoa. And it's amazing how people can twist things this and that and try to make it sound like it. It's not there. That's why everything, when I'm writing this book that I'm doing this little series on to kind of help me only have to think about one major thing at a time, kind of. Okay, maybe five major things at a time, but anyhow. But I'm, because of it, I know I've got to go find every scripture. Just my experience doesn't really add up to a hill of beans. Amen? But when I can show you God's word, and I can show you what Jesus said, and I can show you what God thinks about raising the dead, and I can show you when and what is your motive and what's going on. Amen? Which I'm hoping to do, because as you can see, I don't just preach one little thing. So I, I'm hoping everybody's getting something. It doesn't, you're here, you should be getting something. All right. It goes on. By faith, concerning things to come, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, when dying, Jacob blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped on the top of his staff. When dying, Joseph, by faith, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel. He gave orders concerning his own bones. Being born, Moses was, by faith, hidden by his parents three months. Because they saw the child was fair and they did not fear the king's decree. These are some powerful things. What is, what is, what is God showing us here in, in Hebrews 11? Why we need to go study the, our forefathers in the old covenant. Amen. What they did, how they heard God, how they walked with God. And do you know what? Get this out of your thinking. It's not for a few elitists. It's for Everyone. That's why he's recounting this in the book of Hebrews. Everything's changed. This is for you. Study these. Know these. Okay. Um, I'm almost, am I almost done? Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, well, we've got to stop. All right. Read the rest. (laughs) It's just too much. Um, Let me just finish with this one about raising the dead. Now remember, and I was going to say this because somebody sent me this. This is talking about before. This is Old Covenant. He's given us the, the, the idea of faith, and every person he mentions is under the Old Covenant. It's greater in the New Covenant, okay? But he does say this, which, which got me to the scripture. He says, women receive their dead by resurrection, but others were beaten to death, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others received trials of mockings and of floggings, yea, more of bonds and of prison. They were stoned, they were tried, they were sown in two. They died by murder of sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being in need, afflicted, ill-treated. Of whom the world, I want you to see this, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts, mountains, and caves, and the holes of the earth, and having obtained witness through faith. These, all, none of these obtained the promise. That's why this is Old Covenant. God, having foreseen something better concerning us, that we should not be perfected apart. What am I saying with that? We've got to get God's heart about faith. We've got to get God's heart about life. We've got to get God's heart about what this is about. What he is saying there is these people overcame. Look what happened here. Look what happened here. Look what happened here. But let me tell you about these that the world's not worthy of. They chose to die for my name. They chose, this is old covenant. They chose to go through these storms. They chose to walk through this stuff and never deny Christ. He said, and they did all that just knowing one day Jesus Christ was coming and believing the Messiah was coming. Now that's that's like our beginning point. And most of us haven't even got to the beginning point. Climb on up, amen. And then we're supposed to go to the greater glory. Here's the part that should make you excited. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, all right? It may look happy. I'm saying this because God has a great plan for us in the day we're living. Ho! He has this awesome, powerful, wonderful, glorious plan for his purposes for the day we're living. So, God, we thank you. Lord, we do pray for the families who are believing for healings. Lord, we pray for the people believing for resurrections. Lord, we pray right now for those who are walking through destroying the power of grief. Lord, I just pray that every person gets to the place of counting it joy. I thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. I thank you for how you took care of us. Lord, I pray for every person here that they would just understand it's all about knowing him. It's all about getting near to Him. It's all about walking with Him. And when these troubles come, when these troubles come, we run deeper into You, God. We listen to You. And we obey You. And we know You got this thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching.